Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Careers aren't necessarily set in stone, it's what you make of it and it's understanding how to connect to the experiences that you bring and apply those skills into different situations. Today I'm talking to Monica Mwanje, who is the Managing Director of MM Creative Solutions Limited and co-founder of the Diversity and Inclusion in the UK Nuclear Group. Monica lives in Liverpool and during lockdown has had her brother and nephew staying with her. Uh, welcome, Monica. And thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, Andrew. It's nice, nice to be invited. Oh, it's lovely to see you and I'm looking forward to our chat. So, Monica, you grew up in Liverpool and in Merseyside. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you were like as a, as a youngster at school. I'd probably be described as quite a studious child. I mean, I loved, I loved learning from a young age always had my head in a book and my parents always encouraged me to read. They'd take me to the library to get books because I was just very interested in things and just the planet and lots of things that were happening and just a general interest in everything around me. And, you know, different topics in school, if there was something really fascinating about it, then I'd want to know more as well. I actually enjoyed school. I think the style of teaching and some of the subjects I took suited me which I think helped as well. Right, right. So, and was it the interest about things like the planet and that, did that take you more into the sort of science and math side of things? Or were you also on the, I don't know, languages and history and geography side of things? I generally liked just about all the subjects. I mean, a lot of my family worked in STEM careers. So there was always a big focus and encouragement to pursue science in my household growing up, there was always a big focus on education because my parents, just with their own journeys, just always really big believers that education, because it transformed their life paths, just wanted the same for their children as well. So just, yeah, real focus on science, real encouragement to learn about things, understand things. I mean, I love geography. For a while, I wanted to study earthquakes and volcanoes when I was young, just because I was fascinated by how the earth worked and all those sorts of things. And then there was rivers and waterfalls and mountains. I just, I just found it really fascinating. But I also enjoyed, in terms of subjects in the arts, maybe not art itself in particular, because I've, I've never... Been, I'm no Picasso, I'm not a great drawing person, but I've always loved music, like really, really loved music. And I mean, I did a GCSE in music alongside, so it was part of my subjects because I, kind of, I was just fascinated just by composition and, you know, there's something quite methodical almost about it, the way in which some composers approach their work and just that creativity and the different layers. If something interests me, I want to know more and it's yeah that split between different things and I guess there was scientific encouragement from my family but it helped that I was also curious and thought well do you know what these are good subjects to know because they can help me learn so much about it can unlock so many other things 
probably not the most eloquent way to say that, but I think you get what I mean. It just sounds like you you were just such a curious child. And if if something caught your interest, whatever it was, you were interested in finding out more, be it music or geography or maths or science, which is how how fantastic. You have so many interests, you know. But you, you did decide to focus on the sort of chemistry, the chemical engineering, but with language at Birmingham University. So what was your sort of thought process around that degree and why Birmingham? In terms of ending up sort of studying chemical engineering, I think it's because I really enjoyed my chemistry A-level. So up until when I started my A-level courses, I hadn't really thought about what I wanted to do. You know, well, I knew some stuff I didn't want to do. Like I wasn't particularly keen to maybe go and do medicine which is something at the time they sometimes push you to when you show an aptitude for science and you're female it's there's there seems to be more of a push to maybe go and do medicine and dentistry which is great we do need female representation in those fields so it is absolutely right people are encouraged but then sort of beyond that then there was less of an encouragement maybe to consider topics like engineering so I didn't necessarily know as much about it but then it was sort of com- three conversations with my a-level chemistry teacher saying look I'm really interested I like chemistry but I don't think I want to just go and do a chemistry degree I just don't think that would be the right fit for me and he was the one who sort of encouraged me to go and research maybe consider chemical engineering just because there would be that mixture of the practical applications of studying the topic rather than it just all being purely desk or research based and it was something I didn't know much about. So I went off and found out more about it. And it changed some of my preconceptions about what was involved. Because I think uh, you asked me why Birmingham. I think a pivotal moment in that is my sister was studying um, dentistry at Birmingham University. And I went to visit her one summer. And I'd been, and that's after I'd been considering maybe I'll apply to do chemical engineering. And she lived near the campus, as students do. And she was like, oh, well, the department's aren't far and you could like walk onto campus. Literally, you could. So I sort of wandered onto the campus, ended up in, (laughs) probably shouldn't be telling this story, ended up in the chemical engineering school, wandering around, ended up having a chat with a really nice person who it turned out was actually like the head of the course or something. But I didn't realise at the time. I just thought, what a nice man (laughs) took the time to talk to me, tell me about tell me about the university, tell me about the topics and just that sort of put me at ease that maybe this would be something that I would enjoy and would be a good option at that stage of my life. So I then sort of put it onto, I then put Birmingham as a choice on my UCAS form and then it's sort of the rest of it is history really. But I think it's, I think I guess the key from that is I think having those conversations with different people at those points and then sort of opening up my mind to understand a bit more about those subjects and that and what they could involve and that they could be for me. That definitely made the difference. It sounds like you were the sort of person and probably are still the sort of person who's not, not afraid to ask questions uh, of those around you or even those you meet in the corridor, you know, if they can, they can help you to understand, um, you know, the next step or, or the subject or whatever it happens to be. It's a huge strength because often people are scared to ask questions, aren't they? I think so. I think, I think it's situational as well, though. I think it's knowing sometimes you have to, you do have to speak up for yourself. And I think in those moments, I think I felt safe enough to do that. 
So how did you grow up at university? I, you know, I sort of picture you, you know, arriving there. Great to have your sister, you know, in Birmingham as well, which, which is wonderful. And then you've got four years doing your, your MNG. How do you think you changed as a person during that time? I think I probably, as a person, became a lot more self-sufficient. I think that was something I had wanted to do, and that was part of my reason for moving away from Liverpool. Well, A, because you couldn't do a chemical engineering degree at Liverpool University anyway. So that kind of helped force me to to sort of leave and move away a little bit. I think I became more self-sufficient, but also I think understanding a lot more about the way other people get into different careers and the way they made their choices and just understanding the different ways they study and learning from others as well in terms of I guess that there's not just one way to do things there's not just one way to get to a certain path and talking to different friends who you know some were doing certain degrees because it was quite tactical because they knew it would help them get through certain doors and just seeing people who had so much of a strategic approach at that stage was just like to me was like wow that's amazing because they'd understood what they needed to do to get to where they wanted to be and I think part of the change that started to happen in me at university was understanding as well, you know, that I can have, I guess, certain influence over where my career might go or the choices I make. But I wouldn't say I had all the pieces of the puzzle in place there at all. Circling back to when you said, well, I did chemical engineering with language. I hadn't actually applied to do chemical engineering with language. I just applied to do chemical engineering. But I'd actually, because you had to do sort of, you could do some extra credit modules during the degree. And I decided I'd pick the language option, but they were still able to actually award if you did enough credits and you passed the assessments, they were still able to award the chemical engineering with language degree at the time. So they said, look, if you get so many credits and you want to stick with it, then you can actually have your degree awarded with it. To me, it was a nice balance to the engineering aspects to go and just do some language work. And so after university, you went up to Cumbria as a graduate chemical engineer and worked at Sellafield. How did you find the transition from university life uh, into life on site at Sellafield? How did you feel when you went through the gates for the first time and, and how did you cope with that environment? It was very different because obviously I'd sort of grown up on Merseyside, moved down to Birmingham for university, so sort of gone from a city to a bigger city to then moving up to West Cumbria, which is very, very different going through the site gates and seeing all the associated security aspects with all of that, that was very different because, you know, I'd not been in that, in that sort of environment before because even when sort of going through sort of the graduate assessment centre process was obviously that was in like residential hotels and different parts of the country, you know, and then you maybe come up for like an initial introductory thing, but then they took us to um, off-site facilities. So I hadn't really experienced the actual driving onto site and doing all of that. It was definitely, yeah, I'll be blunt, it was a big culture shock as well. And I think particularly, I mean, on my degree course, there, was, there were other women at the time who studied engineering. And there was also really good sort of racial diversity, ethnic diversity, people of all different sexual identities it was it was great there was such a diverse mix there was international students and then I got to Sellafield and it was yeah complete opposite (laughs) complete opposite very very different environment very different environment what did you find what were the 
can you sort of paint a picture of that a little bit or you know an instance or something that sort of captures it a moment and how you felt and how you you coped at that time I mean I did enjoy my work and stuff but there were times when it was quite isolating because I was literally at times probably the only black person on site or one of very very few and I'll be honest some people did stop and stare at me which yeah that did happen which was it was difficult but you sort of I think growing up black in Britain anyway you kind of unfortunately it's these sorts of incidents they do happen so for it to sort of happen in a work environment as well it was kind of like okay par for the course not that it should ever be so it was at times a little bit isolating but then I did have friends some of whom from other ethnicities so friends of my Asian heritage for example who were also at a Sellafield and I had um, and I did know some other black engineers at Sellafield as well so sometimes being able to sort of have a bit of community with those people because they got it they understood it so that definitely did help yes there was isolated incidents of where things happened but then there was there were still some good people who were there at the site but you know I've just got to be honest about what it was like absolutely yeah and I, I think it really helps people understand you know by by you sharing your um your experience there so thanks for that and 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 that sort of experience and, and we'll come on to sort of you know your, your later sort of career moves as well but more recently you you sort of co-founded the diversity and inclusion in UK nuclear group and presumably part of that is looking to sort of communicate the experience and also to find different ways to address the challenges you know we do face within the nuclear industry around around those sorts of issues do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came about and 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 what what your sort of hopes and aspirations are for that yeah so co-founding the group co-founded it with um callum who's ceo of thomas store um, basically, we had a discussion back in December 2018, where we were both sort of talking about how it's you go to all different events and conferences and it's all very, very nice, but people are still, they're getting up and talking, saying we need more diversity, we should be more inclusive, but then not necessarily so much has changed across all aspects of identity and characteristics, however you want to, you know, the terminology you wish to use. So we said, well, you know, we said, well, maybe we should do something that's a little bit more practically focused that actually gets to the hub of what are some of the reasons why people are not progressing or feel stuck in their teams. And sometimes it boils down to people saying, I'm not necessarily sure where to start or what to do. So we said, well, if we form this group, we start this initiative where we can maybe point to practical things people can do with their teams, point them to other sources of information then maybe that can help to remove that barrier of not always understanding what to do, or at least it provides a space where people can feel safe to ask questions that, you know, that maybe are sort of inhibiting them from understanding how best to make things better in their area. And I think part of one of my big goals around it was, you know, sort of from my own personal experience and looking around the industry and think and sort of saying, you know, I started in the industry in 2003 and it's 2020. And yet I look and I'm still one of the few black faces I see when I'm in the sector. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. There is so much talent, not just from within black communities, but, you know, 
LGBTQ plus, you know, people with different disabilities. And yet somehow it's either not that visible in the industry or whether it's making it in or leaving, but it's just like, well, why is this happening? Why are we missing out on ideas, the skills, the talent? So for me, part of it was wanting to say, well, let's, if we can do something that helps to make a move, to make sure that we're accessing all of, all of the wonderful talent that exists and helping to connect people and helping with the retention, then surely that can only be a good thing. But also I think by working on inclusion, it helps everybody because obviously by having that inclusive environment, it means essentially you're creating your workspace so that everyone in the team can work to the best of their ability, that you bring out things to the best of the ability, you unlock their working style and you help them to thrive. So it does literally help everybody if you actually are inclusive. I think it was also just thinking sort of, you know, some of my own experiences of being in the industry and just thinking if that had died out back in 2003, um, when I first started, then fine, I wouldn't be as driven to do this. But, you know, there's still incidents happening. There's still people feeling excluded from on all different aspects, whether it's mental health, whether it's race, it's religion. And it's just like, it's 2020. We can, we can do something about this. This is, to me, it's quite frankly ridiculous. So it's like, let's, yeah, just trying to help and do something. Well, I think it's fantastic because I really like what you said about, you know, your experience, but also the practicality of what can be done over and above talking about it. And Talking is good in the sense that you sort of recognise the challenge, but actually, unless talk moves to action, things ain't going to change. So the fact that you're coming in on the action side and the practicality side, I think is just great. And, and the other thing it sort of tells me, I suppose, about you as a person and sort of going back to your own sort of personal journey, is that you're somebody who, it's not just the job you're doing, it's having a wider impact and a wider influence in the sector that you work and it seems to me that you've got there's part of you a core of you which is about making a positive difference to the sector over and above the day job or maybe even seeing that as part of the day job because the other thing that you you got involved in after Sellafield was the the YGN the Young Generation Network as part of the Nuclear Institute which we were chatting earlier I say it's one of the best things that I, about the Nuclear Institute I absolutely love the YGN you know the enthusiasm and the energy and the passion in that so, so tell us a little bit about about your involvement there too. So my first touch with YGN was actually whilst I was at Sellafield one of my colleagues was organising Rough Guide to the Nuclear Industry and said, oh, do you want to come along and help? It's, you know, it's this YGN, there's going to be younger people there. And I was like, yes, I'll help. Because, I mean, something we didn't touch on before is obviously the age demographic within, obviously within nuclear. And like when I started, it was kind of off the back of, there'd been a bit of a gap in recruitment in terms of sort of big graduate intakes. And then my intake here was one of the bigger ones in sort of the recent years at that time. So there was kind of a bit of a gulf in terms of like the team I joined, a lot of people were much older than me. I don't know why I'm whispering. It's like, <laughs> so it was just nice to be able to connect with people in my age group as well. So that was part of what attracted me to going along and helping with the event. And then, you know, and that was when I had my first touches with the YGN and sort of understanding a little bit about it and its aims and it was because I got invited to help with that and then got asked to help with some other stuff and then it was that whole slippery slope of you've helped with some stuff would you like to join the 
committee, which happened after I'd left Sellafield, I got invited to join the YGN committee. So I said, I'll go on then. And the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> so you did leave Sellafield, you went to Jacobs, and then you went to Atkins, and then you went to DBD. What were the sort of the drivers to move into different companies? Leaving Sellafield, I think part of it was there was like different projects I wanted to do and some of those were going out to the supply chain. So I thought, well, I'll join the supply chain, you know, sort of within Sellafield. So the first team I joined, I had a, I had a great boss who, who did work really hard to try and make sure I had a really good sort of graduate experience. But then when he moved roles and then obviously things change and you move into different teams. Some of the team who I worked with, I, like, I really enjoyed working with them. But then some of the other work we were starting to get and then I was thinking, oh, do I move internally within the company? Or, and then I thought, do you know what, the supply chain looks interesting. And then also I did want to move back to a sort of city environment as well. I'll be honest, it was kind of like, it was nice to just sort of move away and be somewhere where there was more people who looked like me, if I'm blunt. So that helped as well. That definitely helped. But it was just also the challenge of maybe seeing more of the nuclear industry as well. And I think sort of tying in the YGN stuff as well. And, you know, something that that gave me was being able to talk to different people who didn't just work at Salafield, they worked at different organisations across the sector and realising just the breadth of opportunity that there is in terms of hearing about the different jobs people did, where they did them, how they did them. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a lot more going on here than would ever have possibly known about. So I sort of went off to pursue it and find out a little bit more. So as you said, I ended up at Jacobs, so I moved down to Reading and that was good. And I got to then do some work at, with different clients because that office didn't particularly support work at Salafield so it gave me exposure to the likes of um, British Energy at the time obviously EDF Energy now so I got to um, go and do some work on a project at um, Sizewell so it was really interesting to go from like to decommissioning facilities to like the new um, sort of the new PWR so well, you say new, but you, you know what I mean when I'm using new in this context. But, um, but it was just kind of to see sort of almost both ends of it. So that was actually quite interesting to me. That was really, really nice to sort of see, I guess, that progression with my own eyes. To get that breadth of understanding of the wider nuclear sector and how the bits sort of fit together is, uh, is really valuable. I'm sure there's more that can be done to connect you know, across uh, the different uh, parts of the sector than perhaps than perhaps we do. But people with your knowledge and experience can really help to do that. I think probably something that does do that to an extent or is maybe the Nuclear Graduates Programme, because obviously, and I'm sure you must have had some of their graduates pass through NNL over the years, and obviously they can do their secondments across the industry. So, so during all those moves and so on, I guess you were sort of learning a bit more about who you are as a person and what your strengths and your weaknesses are um tell us a little bit about that and then um how were your strengths sort of applied into that that big change six years ago to set up your own company i think the thing i learned through all the different moves was to sort of advocate for my career and that was some pieces of advice i got from people as well as that you know managers aren't mind readers you do need to communicate with them what your aspirations are otherwise if you if 
if you haven't told them or it's not clear to them, how are they possibly meant to know? But also just that I think I learned I'm more resilient than I maybe thought I was when I started in my career, just because I always think you, you find a way through a situation, you find a way to make things work for you, you find a way to get things done, or at least that's sort of my approach and attitude is find a way to get things done. And to me, everything's a learning opportunity, whether, you know, whatever comes out the other end of it. If something didn't go so well, it's like, okay, well, what have I learned from it? What would I do differently? Okay, move forward with that information. That's very much my outlook in terms of, you know, okay, you know, I can either sit mope about it, but what's that actually going to achieve for me? Nothing. You know, yes, it's, you know, there's, yes, I have every right to feel sad about it, but what's it teaching me? What's that situation teaching me? What's it giving me the opportunity to do moving forward? And sometimes the opportunity is that isn't the way to do it. So now I know, basically. So that certainly helps. I think I probably became more commercially aware in terms of understanding more about how business is done, particularly because moving from a large organisation then to a large supply chain organisation then to one that was less large then to one that was small then obviously now setting up on my own I certainly learned more about the practicalities of business and just what's involved and what you actually need to do to make these sorts of things happen and I learned the importance of different team dynamics being able to communicate with different people and just the fact that people have all sorts of different journeys into the workplace all sorts of different things going on in their work life, their personal lives. And, you know, you just, you can never assume anything about anybody. And sometimes it is best to ask or find out or to just, you know, make sure you're not counting someone in or out unfairly because it's from your own lack of knowledge about them that you're maybe assessing that situation. It sounds like you'd picked up both sort of inner strength, I guess. You talked about resilience and finding your way through difficult circumstances and thinking about what can I learn from that? And that does toughen you up, doesn't it? And it, it gives you uh, a sort of wiser head, I suppose, to to face the new situations. But also you were sort of talking about what you might call, I suppose, the sort of softer skills, the how you engage with people, how you read situations, how you reflect on what's happened and think about how to move forward positively. So rather than thinking that the career is just about your skill set and applying what you've been trained to do, there's this whole other world about how you do it and how you engage, isn't there? And it sounds like that time really taught you that wider uh, appreciation of not just who you are, but how you do things. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think things maybe can be more complicated because of... <laughs> a lack of communication sometimes it is literally down to how how you're engaging the team and you know I've worked on a range of different projects where sometimes the communication was not great and it then reflected in how well the job was executed and you could trace back a lot of the issues down to either miscommunication or poor communication or maybe people not understanding that someone needed a bit of additional support but because they didn't feel there was they could actually speak up and ask what they needed or maybe it wasn't quite spotted by management due to pressures and stuff. It meant people didn't perform. And I just found that fascinating because it almost seemed to me like, well, if you 
just put enough of the right focus on people and they perform and do the job we want them to do surely that's a good thing that's why we're all there looking on your career so far is there one event that you can think of that's had a big impact on on you I think one of the things that had I think a positive impact was probably in my last job before before starting my business was doing an executive development opportunity so getting the opportunity to shadow the company's executive team report things into the board or you know all those sorts of things and just the doors and knowledge that that opened up for me was just absolutely you know it taught me a lot about myself taught me a lot about business taught me a lot about leadership in terms of in in particularly sort of self-leadership of myself but also having to lead others and understand how to engage with others so touching on our earlier conversation of it's all being about people but I think having access to an opportunity like that being able to do that role and then off the back of it getting promoted into a leadership role in the organization all of those things coming together it was having that active sponsorship within the company to give me the right opportunity to fill out my CV. So then that wasn't an excuse of, oh, well, we'd love to consider you for this, but you don't have the right experience. It was actually being connected up with an experience opportunity that then helped me moving forward. In terms of a positive aspect, that probably had the biggest impact on me. Is that all coming together? Fantastic. And, and I'm sure you're using all that now, you know, in, in your business. So um, that's really good. So I'm going to take you back now to the younger Monica, who was just setting off from Merseyside to um, Birmingham to university. What would be the one piece of advice you would give her? I think it's just knowing that careers aren't necessarily set in stone. It's what you make of it and it's understanding how to connect up the experiences that you bring and apply those skills into different situations and that there, there is a value there and just you know that it's okay to do things your own way and to ask for help if needed brilliant that's that's really good uh, monica it's been absolutely delight to talk to you and i just want to thank you not just for what you're doing sort of work-wise but your wider impact you know in the sector and all strength to you you know in, in, in what you're doing so thanks so much oh thank you thank you and it's been nice to talk to you so thank you if you've enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you